The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. To the weekend edition of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad that you could join us on your Saturday. If you're on the road, if you're at the beach, if you're doing whatever, you've got the earbuds plugged in or you're riding in the car with all your friends and you got us pumped up to full volume, thank you. If, you've, if you're telling your friends, if you've burned this particular uh, series of, of shows off onto a CD and you've handed 20 copies to people at the comic book store, thank you. If you visit the website 10 times a day, and check out all of our stories and participate in the forums. You follow us on the Twitter. Thank you. If you've made a donation to the Major Spoilers podcast, thank you. We're going to piss all over that this week by talking about something crazy. <laughs> uh, no, actually, If you haven't done any of those things, <laughs> you can go straight to hell and you can die. <laughs> There's still time for you to do all of those things before the weekend is out. Go wild. Go crazy. Yep. Right? Uh, I think we should redub this show, Major Spoilers, after hours. After hours, you know, there we should play a little jazz music like you, Hefner. I, uh, I have a fondness. I don't know that one. You don't know what who you don't know what after hours with Hugh Hefner is? No, 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 no. He's like, you should play, he said, you should play a little jazz music. Oh, okay, like Hugh Hefner. I don't know that mm-hmm. one. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, in the show After Hours, yes. Playboy show, there no, was a I, lot Playboy of jazz. I got that. I was oh, okay. saying, like, I know String of Pearls. I don't know oh, Hugh Hefner. Okay, okay, okay. You're supposed to say, I don't know it, but if you hum a few bars. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Matthew and Stephen humor, Rodrigo. Uh, Wacky. I, uh, Obvious. <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stephen. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I'm calibrated now. We can we can move on. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. God, it's comedy genius. That's why we keep this kid around. So I uh, have a particular fondness for movies that came out in the 80s. And I was doing some very serious thinking over the last couple of days. Golden Child was on uh, television uh, this past week in, on Showtime oh, or Cinemax. Oh, my God, that's a great movie for what it is. It's a great movie. This is and obviously I, a new definition of the word great with which I was previously Well, unfamiliar. let me just say movies that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I started to look down the list of movies that came out in 1985. Uh, Golden Child came out in 1986. But I started to run down the list of movies that came out in 1985 <clears> that I have a particular fondness for. I'm not saying that they're super great movies, but I have a fondness for these movies. Movies like Back to the Future, The Breakfast Club, The Goonies, Brazil, Teen Wolf, Commando, Weird Science, The Color Purple, uh, Legend, uh, Better Off Dead, Witness, Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Fletch, Spies Like Us, Real Genius, Cocoon. The list goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And I went down, and I, I really only went down through about the first three or 400 movies that came out in 1985. And there I came up with, just in those first 300, uh, about 10% of those fall into my favorites category. So about 34, 35 movies that came out in 1985 that I have a real fondness for. Mm -hmm. That I think that I could sit down and just watch these movies again, no matter what. And then I said, well, what is it about 1985 that's so special? What is it about that year? Ask Mark Miller. 
(laughs) 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 What is it about that year that had so many things that I like? And I said, well, maybe I'm just generalizing it because I'm just looking at a list of movies from 1985. Mm -hmm. I went back and looked at movies from 1986, the year after, and I only came up with 20 movies in the top 300 movies that came out that year that I only have a fondness for. Mm -hmm. And I backed it up a year and went back to 1984 and only found 25 movies that I have a fondness, that a real fondness for in that same span of movies sampled. Right. Right? And so it seems like 1985 is some kind of a peak, for me at least, of Mm -hmm. what I would consider really, really good Mm -hmm. movies. And I think therein is an important part of this discussion. Right. I mean, it's, it's my, my impression. I mean, you have the list of movies from 1985 in front of you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Are there any on that list that you just would say, oh, I could never watch that movie. It was the worst movie ever made. Anything like that? I mean, we have The Mask. Breakfast Club came out in 85. I love The Breakfast Club. What about Back to the Future? Back to the Future is good. I'm not a huge fan. Brazil was wonderful. Yeah. Weird Weird Science. Ah, oh, man, I can quote Weird Science chapter and verse. Yeah, yeah. I actually um, quoted Weird Science the other day at work. Better Off Dead. Oh, yeah. my God. Love Better Off Dead. This is the same year that um, Real Genius came out. Yes, it was. And you want to talk about a movie that I can quote chapter and verse. Holy crap. So it's not that 85 is not a great year. Or that there aren't good movies. I believe that was also the year that Remo Williams came out. So you got that going for you. That's right. Comes. And you also had, you know, if you want to flip it on to the kind of the horror side, of, we're mentioning a lot of comedies. Uh, movie that freaked me the crap out, but I just loved was Life Force. These outer space vampire yeah. movies. Terrible movie. Mm-hmm. But it's one that I'm like, wow, I remember that movie. And I would sit down naked and watch it again. Because movie. there's naked vampires. That's the first time <laughs> that I got into an R-rated movie. Being underage, I went with some older cousins, and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, come on you in. Define got into. Yes. Because I, I think I went you into were the always movie into no, R-rated. Don't define I, I, was, I got into a, a movie theater. This was a rated R movie. I was 15, uh, and I was going with a bunch of my cousins, and they're like, yeah, come on, we'll just go see it. Make sure you're, you don't tell your mom or dad about it. I was like, all right. Movie freaked me the hell out. I had nightmares for like a week. <laughs> uh, but I got into and see boobies. Woo, boobies. Um, you know, Gotcha came out that year. Into the Night <laughs> came out that year. My Science Project came out that year. In Isn't that uh, Michelle What's-Her-Face? And Into the Night, yeah, with uh, um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he has insomnia, yeah. and then he gets wrapped up in this weird uh, weird series of events. Mm. I, you know, But when I look at 1984 or 1986, I mean, those had some good movies. I mean, 1984 had Karate Kid and The Terminator and Sixteen Candles and Ghostbusters and Buckaroo Banzai and Indiana Jones and The Temple of Doom. But the number of movies is far less than the ones that came out in 85. Mm-hmm. No, 85 was when you were born, Rodrigo? No. Okay. 83. 83. Okay. So you were two at this time. I was. Any of these movies have a particular fondness? Oh, I like a lot of these movies. Um, I definitely like Back to the Future, um, Brazil, Teen Wolf. Right. Um, Legend. I'm a big fan of Legend. Um, Mad Max. I like, you know, good times. Mm-hmm. Um, but good times came out in 78. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Anytime you have Um, a problem. But I mean, and you know, like back to the future, I would definitely put in, in as, as one of my favorite movies definitely is like a fantastic trilogy. Right. But you know, those movies are out of my generation, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. They're not in your generation. And I, 
and I haven't gone to look at any other decades besides the 80s. Mm-hmm. Because, again, for Matthew and myself, the 80s would have been our, quote-unquote, formative years. Right. Years that we remember mm-hmm. a lot of things. And, you know, the 90s or the 2000s, you know, certainly there have probably been a lot of great movies that have come out in the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, but I haven't seen them all. And so I started to think that maybe 1985 was a year that maybe I went to see a lot of these movies because I would have had a driver's license already for a year, mm-hmm. would have had some freedoms, uh, didn't really have to have a job at all. And so my summers were free to go do a lot of this stuff. But then when mm-hmm. I was looking at the list, a lot of the movies on this list, I didn't see until years later, like right. better off dead. I didn't see until like 88. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me neither. Most of the ones on this list I didn't see until years later. I'm also. sure. I'm sure. Uh, Weird Science, I don't think I saw until it was out on HBO at the time. Uh, I know I didn't see Teen Wolf in the theaters. I know I didn't see Color Purple in the theaters. So I was seeing a lot of these years after. But then when we look at where they fit into the timeline of things, they hit in this 1985 line. So mm-hmm. some people might be listening and saying, oh, well, it, it's because you were 15. That was a very important year for you as you mature. You had a driver's license. You had these freedoms. You had expendable income. Of course. Got your, got your first six string. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Bought um, it at five and dime. I am, I'm curious because if you're thinking about formative years, Rodrigo, mm-hmm. I would you know task you to go back and look when you were 14, 15, and 16. Go through the movies of that year. And not necessarily that you saw them that year, but go back and look at the movies from that year and see how many of them were that you consider, hey, these are some of my favorite movies. Well, here's the thing. When you said that, mm-hmm. um, when you said like, all right, guys, we're going to talk about 1985 and how right. great I was like, I was looking at your list and I was like, yeah, all right, well, I'm going to go look and see what year had the movies that I liked the most. And from what I can, just from the just skimming aspect of things, right? at first I thought it would be 2001, but actually 1999. And how old would you, you would have been? Uh, 16? I would have been 16. Okay. Um... Um, when were you what what month were you born may okay so So did you start kindergarten when you were five or when you were six i don't know and really if you that's kind of an issue too because mexico does things slightly different as far as grades and then when i moved here they um like even though my age would have put me in a previous grade because of the birthday thing because of the birthday thing and because of how i tested i actually i think ended up in sixth grade instead of fifth grade okay so it's um okay but um you know star wars episode one which Mm -hmm. you know people are like but it it's an important film yeah Yeah. um the sixth sense the green mile Mm -hmm. toy story 2 Mm -hmm. arguably better than toy story Mm -hmm. um the matrix right um Pokemon, the first movie. <laughs> no. Um, Magnolia, The Iron Giant, Fight Club, Iron The Giant, Mummy, yeah, yeah, American Club. Beauty. Unbreakable, I think, came out that year. Um, you know, and, and you look at it and it's like, oh, yeah, these are all fantastic. And, and any year you can, oh, yeah, you read, can read an awesome list, list sure, of movies. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but for me, I just looked through 1999 and I was like, I like that movie. Tarzan. Um, the World is Not Enough. I actually like Goldeneye better, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sixth Sense. Um, I don't think Unbreakable. It must came have come out, out of the yeah. year after. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Two thousand was American Pie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Any given Sunday. 
Um, what else? There were a couple of the ones. The Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that movie. Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't. I actually didn't realize that Breakfast of Champions came in '99. It seems like a much older movie than yeah, that. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just the style. Um, what else? Do 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 do. Up Detroit Rock City. <laughs> um, and Dudley Do Right. Um, and you can tell that I'm reading through these alphabetically. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. There's just tons of stuff. Um, did you, by, by, but um, you didn't have a chance to compare that to Galaxy Quest ninety five or I did. I, I noticed that in two thousand there were a few that I like, and in two thousand and one again, I got into like not necessarily movies that were big for me, but movies that seem to be important now. I mean, in two thousand one, mm. you get Harry Potter, right? Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. Shrek, mm-hmm. Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. um, that really are we are still still dealing with the sequels of right, kind right. of to this day. Yeah. Um, but I think 99 was interesting because it, in a lot of ways, position movies like Toy Story 2. Mm-hmm. I think the importance of Toy Story 2 to film is that it kind of revamped that sense of you can throw all of your stuff at the sequel and it right. will be a good, solid movie. Right. You know, obviously... You know, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, right? But you can't look at Star Wars as a model mm-hmm. because it, you know, on account of it, you know, shattering genres as it redefines <laughs> them. Um, but um, in 99, I think people were starting to take note of there's going to be these movies and these franchises that we can build off of them. Mm-hmm. And that's really not when it all started, but the modern Hollywood machine of let's take this and make a sequel and then protract this trilogy Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. kind of uh, accidentally sort of got started in 99. Right. I mean, you can say that with Back to the Future as well. I mean, that was something, but that was something that had many years between between the sequels. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't like next year they had Back to the Future 2. It was like 89 or something before Back to the Future came out Mm -hmm. too. And then that next next six months or eight months later, they had part three out in the theaters. But yeah, I see what you're coming from from that. But yeah. it's interesting that you're hitting on 16 and I'm hitting on 15 yeah. on that. And again, I didn't see the, I didn't, I probably didn't see the Matrix until maybe three years after it had come yeah. out. And see, that's the thing and, with and me And I too. was still, yeah. and I watched it and I was like, whoa. And you know, <laughs> like again, I I read a lot. I liked a lot of mythology and stuff. The whole life is the dream. Right. And the real, or yeah, like the real world is a dream and the dream is the real world thing. Mm-hmm. That's not new. Mm-hmm. But I really liked the way The Matrix did it. It was like a, a very smart way of that ancient, you know, the dream world is actually what you should worry about right. thing. Right. Um, and again, it, I saw it, The Other Sister is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't see it until... Probably maybe three years ago, and I'm, yeah. you know, again came out in '99. Yeah, and I, so I mean, it's just I found a lot of those that happened the mm-hmm. same way with me. I mean, Brazil was such an odd movie to try to get a hold of. I don't think I saw it until college. Right, me neither. And so then it was like, oh wow, and then, but it's just this, like again, why does it all fall into 1985, or in your case, 1999? So we've got well, maybe it is. I an, have you. Yeah, Matthew, go ahead. Did yours? Did you do some research and think about? Mm-hmm. What year became a mass movie year for you? Run, Lola, run! I could have <laughs> okay, told you from the beginning the year that would would be a huge year for me. Which is? 1989. So you'd been 19. 
right? Some of the greatest, I mean, some of the movies that I love more than anything else in the world came out in 1989. UHF, mm-hmm. probably the funniest movie of all time, Uncle Buck, mm-hmm. Say Anything, Heathers, uh, Christmas Vacation came out that year, Last Crusade, which is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that Star Trek V came out that year. <laughs> but I mean, movies like Driving Miss Daisy. Right. The original Batman movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Friday the 13th, Part 8. These are all films that are important. Part 8 was the first film that I ever actually went to and loved hating it so much that I went back to hate it again. Because mm-hmm. we saw it in a drive-in. And it got to the point where about 10 scenes into the movie, we started booing the boom mic. Mm-hmm. And then we made a drinking game of the boom mic. Wait, you're and only then you're not yeah. supposed to drink. Uh, it was the age. Come on, we've got underage. Uh, we've got underage people here. Was this also the one you uh, could drink when you were eighteen in the eighties? No, Stephen. Not no, 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 no. Uh, the, the year, <laughs> no, 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 no. Stephen, Stephen, work with me here. Was this also was also the same? Uh, this was also the same drive-in theater where you uh, decided to go car surfing after seeing Teen Wolf. After seeing Teen Wolf, yes. Okay, that's the drive-in theater where I grew up. <laughs> I grew up at the drive-in theater. <laughs> Every day I and take a bath inside the popcorn and, machine. And doesn't that explain a lot? <laughs> it does. <clears throat> but Almost no everything, holds, really. No Holds Barred, which was Hulk Hogan's entry into uh, a legitimate cinema, came out that year. Mm-hmm. But 1989 was a, the year, and I think it has as much to do with who you are and what's going on in the world. I feel like... When you have that year, for you, 1985, I don't think it's so much that those movies were great, but that's the point when you were 15, when Steven, as we know him, started to really form that proto Schleicher who would eventually grow up, you know, and, and be the overachiever kid and be the guy who would, you know, start a website in his spare yeah, time but, that ends up taking over everything. But see, I would, I would tend to agree with you if I saw all 35 of these movies in that one year. The problem but is it's a, a lot of these movies I didn't see until I was 17, 18, 20, 21. Yeah, but, but it's a zeitgeist. It you is, have to look it is at in fact the zeitgeist. Okay, and that's why I want to come back around to that because that's one of my uh it's one of my it's, things. it's a zeitgeist that in 1985 mm-hmm. Stephen started really becoming a person who was aware of the world around him and that that 15-year-old Stephen Loved movies and loved good stories and, you know, didn't yet know about comic books, really. No, I knew in 85, yeah. Really? Okay. So you got that, I mean, you've got that. To me, when I look at 1989, I was kind of a late bloomer. That was when I left my grandmother's home, or in this case, my mother's third husband's home, and went to college. That's the point where I really went, you know what? I'm going to invent somebody cooler than me to be. Or that I'm going to go and I'm going to really look at this and this is a chance where I'm going to decide what I am going to do as a person. Some of the movies on, you know, the list from 89, mm-hmm. I didn't see until a long later, uh, a, a long time later. Penn and Teller Get Killed came out in 89. Right. Love that movie. Uh, one huge favorite now that I hated then, 
Roadhouse. <laughs> Cannot stand, it could not stand Roadhouse when I was there. But Let's now, to me, Roadhouse is like... Swayze Christmas <laughs> Exactly. Here, here. Roadhouse is one of the jewels of my youth, you know? <laughs> and you can be my new regular Saturday night thing. But <laughs> Do the Right Thing came out yeah. in 89. I yes, didn't see did. that until a few years ago. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. Field of Dreams. Hate Kevin Costner. Love Field of Dreams. I didn't see that until I was married. My wife's favorite movie, or one of her favorite movies of all time, came out in 1989. It's called Listen to Me. Mm-hmm. It's got Kirk Cameron and the chick from uh, Square Pegs who are debaters. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I love this movie now, and she she made me watch it, forced me to watch it. Um, Woody Allen put out New York Stories in 89. Now, I, I still to this day have a, a tumultuous relationship with the work of Woody Allen. That's my favorite. If you say, do you have a favorite Woody Allen movie? I would say, yep, this is it. Parenthood, which uh, has given me my long lifelong crush on Diane Weist, mm-hmm. which is freaky now because Diane Weist is like 67 years old or something. I still have this huge crush on her because of The Lost Boys yeah. and Parenthood. Yeah. You know, all of these movies came out at a point in time, and I really think Rodrigo hit it right on the head. It, it, it's that that zeitgeist. That's the point in time. That's the point in the universe where I really started becoming yeah, more see, than you, just something see, that's, in the base. That's part of the problem is that, um, again, I go back to some of the movies and, and the ones that were saying that, hey, I didn't see that until five, ten years later. Mm-hmm. Well, you may not have known that that movie came out in 1985, so you wouldn't know that, hey, I'm tripping back to 1985 in this piece. Yeah, but you are, even if you don't know that you are. And that's... Because, exactly. um, like, I'll give you an example. I really like Shaun of the Dead. Right. Um, And I will probably really like Scott Pilgrim, but I really like the trailers for Scott Pilgrim. Right. Um, You know, so that, that, that general thing, that, like, quick take, very clean... Mm-hmm. sharp mm-hmm. stuff all that stuff going on it's like there's a reason why i really like that and that stuff was kind of indie and 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 edgy in right. the 90s right you know before people really started really incorporating into movies that stuff is run lola run mm-hmm. and i didn't see run lola run until much much later mm-hmm. but as we have seen 1999 was my year for movies right um i didn't realize that when I make promos for the the uh, for to put on TV for the company that I work for, that I am actually weirdly channeling like clean, um, hyper um, like uh, rendered, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Bacello art comic books and Run Lola Run, even though I didn't start reading those until much, much later. Yeah, but yeah, that, that, that is that is where I'm caught. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. See that w- I was trying to go through and try to figure out if there was some kind of connection. Malcolm Gladwell, uh, some of you listeners may know who Malcolm Gladwell is. Um, went and did a study as to <clears throat> why all of these famous hockey players, great, some of the greatest hockey players in Canada, why they all have their birthdays within the same month. Hmm. Uh, and he calculated that out that, weird. that they were all conceived at the coldest, darkest time of the year. Hmm. Okay. And so naturally nine months later, they would all have hmm. birthdays and because oh, naturally. Of, and because, well, they would all have birthdays around the same time. 
And because, and the reason I asked when you started school, a lot of these kids were held back because mm-hmm. of their birthdays. Uh, so they, so were, they were actually bigger and more advanced than the other kids in their class. And so when they took a pocky, and quite frankly, the way Gladwell presents it in the book, everyone in Canada takes a pocky at right. some point, very much like everyone here takes up football. Uh, and because these kids were bigger and had that little extra experience, they were singled out as being better. Mm-hmm. And so they got the extra coaching. They got the extra attention. And so f- therefore, they were pushed into becoming um, a little bit better. Hmm. And then they got up into the upper grades and moved out of peewee up into whatever the next league is. And so they got the attention. And so eventually they just became really great athletes because of this, because mm-hmm. of when they were born. Interesting. And so I started to go through and I went through just to kind of prove or disprove any kind of correlation or things that could be going on. Who are the directors of some of these great movies? Mm-hmm. With There were only two repeats on this list. John Landis and um, who's great? Yes, and John yeah. Hughes, who is also, great. also great. who had had multiple movies come out in 1985. Mm. Uh, Hughes had The Breakfast Club and Weird Science, and I don't see another one on the list. Those were those two. Um, John Landis had Spies Like Us and Into the Night, mm-hmm. which came out that year. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know. So there's not really a. Um, these directors were directing a lot of the same movies in that right. year. Although I suppose if you looked on e- other side, each uh, side of that year, you would see Robert Zemeckis with Gremlins and some of the other movies that he came out with. Mm-hmm. So there's really not anything that lands that it's because of a particular director. Right. Um, is why that this happened in 1985. But thinking about Malcolm Gladwell and everybody being born at a particular time, I started to look at of these directors, what years were they born? And so I just took the top, I don't know, 10 1951 for Zemeckis, 1950 for Hughes, 1930 for Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. That guy's old. Uh, 1940 for Terry Gilliam, 1942 for Red Daniel for Teen Wolf, or Rod Daniel for Teen Wolf, 1946 for Mark Lester, who did Commando, John Hughes, 1950, as I mentioned, uh, The Color Purple, Steven Spielberg, 1946, uh, Ridley Scott, 1937. So by the way, Commando not... written by Jeff Loeb. Oh, really? <clears throat> So there's not even a there's not even a year correlation on that. That's mm. not even that they were all post war baby boom boomer kids. Right. So I can't even peg it to that that there was a group of people like that. Um Yeah, but see the thing is once you start getting into the eighties, you start getting into movie kids. Right. So yeah. I would take all the guys that have similar ish uh, dates and then see what what the movies that were out were when they were 15. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you might be able to catch something there. Well, and so that goes back to the zeitgeist because the next thing that I start to notice is I really like Star Wars Episode 4, mm-hmm. 1977, right? Something about that look of that movie is great. When you jump to Empire Strikes Back, though, in 1980, don't like it as much. It's mm-hmm. all like overly slick and overly processed very much the same things that you really really like right (coughs) and likewise it took me years to be able to basically do breathing exercises and sit down and watch blade runner because it just looks so gritty and i was just like this is like this movie is visually offensive to me because of all of because of all that grit and And grime and and nastiness and that's yeah and i'm into that's what 80s kids like yeah i'm into the 
not grit and grind, but I'm into the into the uh, motion blur. I'm into the softening. I'm into the um, the rack the, focus. The rack focuses, the shallow depth of fields, the mm-hmm. the film grain that we see mm-hmm. in here. And then when you look at some of these movies, like Back to the Future, it is not a slick movie. It is not a right. it is not Empire Strikes Back by any means in that look and that feel of that of that movie or Return of the Jedi. It is a movie that has slick properties to it, mm-hmm. but it's it's but still because got, it largely takes place in the idealized fifties. Well, maybe no, I don't think it's that. But if you look at it, so in like Empire Strikes Back, a lot of matte painting, a lot of animation stuff going on in that movie, a lot of special effects stuff going on in that movie. But when you look at the costuming and the design, even Cloud City, everything has this very kind of gloss to it, mm-hmm. right? Everything seems polished and shiny. All the trooper outfits. So it's called Cloud City. Well, but I mean, just go with me here. I mean, look at any of those other kind of movies. But when you look at Back to the Future, though, instead of relying on, you know, polishing down the the DeLorean so it looks great, they actually take the time to water down the streets to get Mm -hmm. that kind of a look, to get the kind of a, a, again, a reminiscent of an an earlier period kind of look on how um, things were filmed and how production techniques were done. Right. And so then I started looking at these, and that's what a lot of these films in 1985 had for me, was this look of high production value, but this look and feel that I particularly favor. Right. And mm-hmm. again, you can look on either side of that. 1984, you get a little bit too grungy, mm-hmm. because you're into the uh, the punk rock and the uh, the new wave, and it's very... Maybe almost too much. I forget which year Repo Man came out. Uh, but you look at Repo Man and you look at um, Buckaroo Banzai and some of those others, and it's an alien and aliens, and it's very, you know, it's very weird yep. in that way. But it seems like all the movies in 1985 fell into that look of film that I like. Right. And I don't know if that has something to do with it, too. Oh, definitely. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that, that's that's kind of, you know, when I say that zeitgeist, that's part mm-hmm. of what it is. There's a visual style. Even when... You know, even when the films aren't similar, there are similarities. If you take two of my favorite films from 89, you take Heathers mm-hmm. and you take Say Anything. Mm-hmm. These are both films that have a very similar point of view. They have a very similar setting. It's, you know, they're both high school movies and they're both high school movies where things don't really go the protagonist's way at first. But if you look at the way they're constructed and you look at, you know, other movies made that same year, there's a... A, I don't even know if I want to call it, you know, a, a, a point of view or a, a rule of thumb where the movies are made the same way, but there's a similar, there's a similar tone because they were made in 1988 ish and released in 1989. Mm-hmm. Some of the most successful movies for me are movies that were released out of their time frame. You know, if you see something in 2004 that came out in 1989 and you realize I like this because, you know, it kind of reminds me of this other movie that I love. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's what Rodrigo was saying earlier. And, you know, if he says 1999, my, my favorite movie of 1989 for me is mating habits of the earthbound human. Mm -hmm. You ever see that terrible movie, but I love it as much as anything I've seen. And I think, you know, coming from that 1999 point of view, I can look at that and see, similarities in craft and tone to things that came out that year. You know, it's a stretch, but I can see similarities in that movie 
and its perspective oh, to oh, run no, no, no. Run. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. There's there's I that mean, look. Later on, uh, you know, years from now, people are going to make fun of the aughts and of the early, you know, 20, like, of the early teens. And it's going to mm-hmm. be all high, high, high contrast, loopy mm-hmm. um, graphics on top of, like, dark... Um, clean backgrounds mm-hmm. and, and tons of lens through flare. the air. Mm-hmm. Yep, lens flare and crap flying through the air. Is exactly. What you're get. Letters coming at you with maybe a little bit of kind of a, a graffiti splatter, but not too much because that's two eighties. Yeah. You well, know, yep. but you thing. you do see right now going on a lot of stuff that was yeah very nineteen eighties. You are starting to see, not even starting. I mean, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's been there a, it's and been it's already a, starting. It's to been fade a out, slow but, process right. of people. the The thing now though is that. I think that all all pop culture right now is trying so hard to find the next great thing mm-hmm. that they keep going back to the 70s and the 60s and the 80s. And so, again, that goes back to what you're saying is, are those people who are going back, are they going back to their formative years? I don't think so. I, well, I think some of them are. I think some of them... So the like, ad agencies at, today well, you look who are at, trying to bring back the 80s, were they the teenagers in the 80s? No. Quentin Tarantino liked the 60s and 70s bad kung fu movies. Right. And that's why his style is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, when was Quentin Tarantino born? I don't know. Um, I just know that, that he likes those movies. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just bluffing now. So, um, and and now my train of thought. Like, okay, uh, Christina Aguilera covering Paula Abdul. Right. Just an experiment. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, well, maybe people like the 80s now. No, not yet. Okay. We'll we'll go back and we'll have Mandy Moore cover ABBA. How about that? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's Brilliant. sometimes it's pretty clear that they're just reaching. They're like, um, how about crooners? No, that's never gonna come back. All right. Uh, no, I I I kind of see what you. Uh, Quentin Tarantino was born in nineteen oops sixty three, and if I just take an arbitrary year of nineteen seventy seven, um. He would be 14 at that time in 1977. Mm-hmm. If you think about the cheesy kung fu movies that he likes, right? when were they available in the United States? Maybe not 1965 but or 1970, but maybe during his formative years. Yep. Master of the Flying Guillotine, Italian Spider-Man, all great <laughs> movies from that era. Italian Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, mm, so maybe it is just our formative our formative year that that trips this up. I was looking I for some bigger, some bigger. You, you were know, looking for a universal zeitgeist, but yes, it's really. It I think 1985 being wonderful is as much about Stephen as it is about 1985 because the movies of 1985. Don't get me wrong; there's some great stuff there, and I, I'll tell you right now that Weird Bruce. Science is a movie that I just love to death. Brewster's Millions. Yeah, Brewster's Millions was actually pretty good. Enemy Mine. Yeah, that was like a that. good movie. Goonies. Did The Last Starfighter come out that year? No, Last Starfighter, I think, came out in like 82 is what I want to say uh, that movie came out. There is yeah. there is something deeper there. Because as as a child, as, as, as just 84. as someone who is growing up in that time, you watch TV, you listen to the radio, you read comic books, and that generates this, this palette. Mm-hmm that is 
important that right. you when things when you get enough pings essentially you know it's like what is this this is gritty high production um and the other thing too of, a lot uh, of these are practical special effects yes. not computerized practical special, effects, special effects which is kind of odd um, because a lot of the stuff that i do is computerized special effects stuff yeah but that's that's might be part of the part of the industry that you're in and right. your budget also true, true, you know true, if true. you had the money for the maquettes maybe yeah, you'd yeah, do yeah. more uh practical special yeah, effects. maybe maybe but well, you know once things hit enough of that then you are like oh this is awesome i mean i don't know how do you feel about the about ninja turtles meh I like the uh, you know I read the I read the books when they first originally came out and mm-hmm. then I remember mm-hmm. the television cartoon series and going this is not uh, what about the what about the first movie didn't see it Ninja didn't Turtles. care for it didn't care to see it interesting you know to be quite honest uh, because it wasn't it looked like a goofy cartoony thing now mm-hmm. did I play the uh, Ninja Turtles uh, stand up arcade game when they had it in our dorm sure I did yes but it, you know the turtles to me you know what turtle movie I do like what. That 3D movie that came out just a... T- TMNT? The, yes. You like that? I really, really like the animation uh, in that. I really like the idea of the story behind it. Because it's CGI and Steven loves the CGI. I just said I, li- I prefer the practical effects. I, I think I think that that brings in... But if you look at those other things we talked about... I think that brings in an X, slick, a, a, this big X gritty. factor, though, which is that Steven now has a kid and uh, he's been exposed mm. a lot more to... You know Ben Ten, and essentially that generation of animation that gave us T M N M N T. You didn't like that um, movie? Oh no, I thought it was terrible. Gross. Why? It was awful. awful. Because the story with like the random monsters, sure, sucked. Um, the characterization was fine, but way too much of it was done for right. jokes. Right. Um, the Foot Clan is in there for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was at least two scenes where it was clear that. They were just going to take like that. You were actually looking at the video game. Oh, really? Like okay. that that surfing down the sewer scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's actually like going up and down the the pipe, and you know, eventually like power ups fly by, and he picks them up practically. Okay. I was like, uh, no. Okay. Um, no, I just I okay. I I almost walked out of it, but oh, <coughs> I didn't see it in the theater. But mind space you, so. space chimps and <laughs> Nacho chimps. Libre are yeah, about yeah. the only movies that I've walked out on. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, you know I don't know that you never saw Cyborg in the theaters. Probably not. I mean, there's there's a lot of oh. movies that are worthy of walking out of. <laughs> I just didn't see those in the theaters. Well, I'm just curious because I don't know if I would define 1985 as my formative years as my formative year. But it's see. It's it's because 1985 doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? You know the thing that no, is 1985. I, no, actually, I think that there is a point in your life where you go click ding, and you say this is this has meaning to me. This is what I mean. It's not the self awareness of just hey, I got a wiener, I'm going to tug on it. You know that kind of stuff when you're two. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this moment where for me it was 1980 oh. when I sat in. Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I said, I want to be involved in some kind of movie-making, media creation, something. And? And I would have been 10. And I think in the next four years, you began to say, okay, what does it take to do this? And you started paying attention to things. That could have been. Um, You know, a a huge, huge year for me was 1994, Mm -hmm. which is when I moved to the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet it's not my super-duper movie year, but... After 1994, I l- basically learned how to speak English. 
So I wasn't looking at, you know, I I was able to see the movies in the original English that they were made in. I didn't have to see read the subtitles and thus miss things, mm-hmm. and I didn't have to hear uh the translated voices. Right. So <laughs> that and I mean it's it's about the same time period, you know. Yeah, 1980 to 84, yeah. 94 to 99. Yeah. I I I mean I could see that, but I just I'm just curious if there was if there's something more besides just our three data points, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If we could pin down a hundred people and say, go back into your, your years and find the year of the most movies that you think are personal favorites of yours that have some meaning to you, mm-hmm. come up with that list. What year, how old were you that year? Now you and I are very close to, the same age when we say, hey, this is my year of movie. Mm-hmm. Matthew is skewed a little higher right. than us. Mm-hmm. There might be some people that skew a little lower, Yep. but I'm wondering if it isn't around that age. Oh, I'm certain that it is because it, the, the, it's puberty. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's really when you like when you start being an adult and you know you say, well, what does a 14, 15-year-old kid know? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't know anything, mm-hmm. but physically and mentally you are pretty much fully developed right so that's when you start paying attention to stuff Mm -hmm. it's when you don't just take whatever an adult tells you it's when you actually start noticing things and it's when you try so desperately to be cool that you're just (laughs) grasping at anything that comes near you is this cool no is this cool no is this cool no and thus experience a lot of different things that may be it too. That may be you know 1985 may have been the point where you really started just glomming onto things and trying to absorb as much culture as you could and getting all of that in your system it naturally makes sense that something of that time frame would even years later yeah even out of time is going to have that because for me i can tell you that 89 really kind of is a huge formative year for me because that is the year that i moved out went to college and then you know and I actually made the conscious decision. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have a personality that I enjoy. I am now going to be a person who is not, you know, this person whom I do not necessarily enjoy being. And to some degree, I think that that probably has a lot to do with it because I was, you know, drawing on as much as I could and I was absorbing a lot of things. You know, if you talk about years of comics, 1988. I think I own everything that DC put out in <laughs> 1988. I swear to you, including Sonic Disruptors and Outcasts and Wasteland and books that are just horrible. <laughs> I mean, really horrible, but they're meaningful to me in ways that, you know, other things aren't. You know, I think that part of that is because. 88, 89, 90, 87, 88, 89, whatever you take that little time frame. Maybe I was a little further along than you because I was, you know, awesome. But that I think was really the point where I was going out and saying, like Rodrigo said, is this cool? Maybe not. You're taking that in, you're taking everything and trying to build your own sense of self and your sense of identity and your sense of perspective on the world. And once you've taken that, it really, it can't be necessarily separated from that time frame. I mean, in a lot of ways, you're still a kid watching Indiana Jones and going, damn it, this is what I want to do. Right. Even from day to day, you know, Dean Schleicher, who, by the way, I can't help but imagine you as Dean Wormer. 
I'm not fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Sure you are. You are now. No, I'm not. Dean Wormer. Whereas, you know, I'll go to work and I'll be a grown-up, and occasionally at work I will show a glimmer of what I'm really like when I'm not having to be manager person. And everybody on my team will just be stunned. I, I made a Scrubs reference the other day, and people were just like, what? And this woman looked at me and went, I, I never pegged you for a Scrubs fan. I've seen every episode of Scrubs multiple mm -hmm. times. But what it was was we have four people named James, so I decided that all the men are going to be Dave and all the women are going to be Debbie, except for Debbie, who I will call Slagathor. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, you know, just threw that out there because that was something that I thought was funny. But when I'm at work, you know, it's a different sort of thing. But even that, I think it all goes back to 1989. And in your case, it goes back to 1985. And for Rodrigo, it's 1999. I think everybody listening to this podcast, probably whether they know it or not, has a year or, you know, a sliding scale of a year yeah. or two. Really, it's probably between three and five years. I was going to say three years, because I, yeah. like I said, as I compare to either side of 85, I said, oh, look at 1984 with, uh, you know, all this great stuff. And, oh, here's 86 with all this good stuff. But I see mm -hmm. that that peak is starting to happen there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because 87, it starts being all awful. Well, you know, just movies in general start and, to be and, awful. And you know what, though? You can probably go back and find, like, the the aftershocks in either direction. Like, there well, are probably wondering. If a the, year if the in the next... 70s that you really liked. Right, because I, that was my next question. Because we go back then and we look at uh, other points in our lives when big things are happening. Mm -hmm. Such as, maybe you graduate college. What was happening that year? Maybe it was the year, you know, that some other big event happened in your life or some other big uh, moment and see what happened that year. So if we go back and uh, as you said, back in the seventies, it's a little bit harder, I think, because if, if I were to go back and say movies from the seventies that I really enjoy, I'm looking at, you know, Chinatown, Star Wars, um, you know, those kinds of movies. And those are years apart. Yep, And I'd have to go back and look at the specific year to run down that list. Or even, as you said, 99, is there something in that year that's doing something? And measuring those peaks and valleys might be, I, and, and again, I'm just trying to figure something out based on an observation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it might be some important parts in our lives, and becoming a mature, becoming a, a formative year. But I wonder if you could also track other points in your life with the movies that you have a fond remembrance for of that time period. That makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I talked about 94. I mean, movies, movies are our lives, right? Yeah. A reflection of our lives. Yes. Art imitates it's life. It's a reflection <laughs> of art. Can we cue that David Banner walking down the highway? Bum, bum, a little bum, tink. Bum. Because it's really turning into a very special episode of Major Spoilers. And, and you know, again, um, you can look at any year and find awesome movies in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think it's it's difficult to look at it because you can honestly pick any year, you know, after you were cognizant and say, mm -hmm. "Oh no, this year had awesome movies. Maybe this is my year." And really, it just takes you sitting down and looking at all the movies that came out. And, mm -hmm. and Wikipedia is pretty good for this. IMDb, and IMDb is oh, yeah. pretty good for yeah. this. Um, yeah. 
and just look through and count them. Well, that's what I was doing. I was trying to see if there was a year in this time period that just suddenly peaked mm-hmm. as, and I, and the one, th- you know, I, I just went personals, uh, but I didn't go in and look at which movies made the most money of that year, you know, of, oh, that, yeah, yeah. of this time period, which one, and ranked them that way to see if those would work. But I'm just trying to see if there aren't these convergent points in time where things like this all line up and we've just experienced a year of magical movies or a year of magical television that can never be repeated. Well, or... also there are there are just years where more movies are produced. True. And there are years that have largely more important movies. I mean, I might be cheating because supposedly 1999 was the year that changed movies or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's been recognized as a very important year for film. Right. Um. So... Who knows? Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just uh, riding the bandwagon there, but you know, looking at 2000, 2001, um, and ninety eight, really there were more movies in nineteen ninety nine that I liked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's certainly going to be years of of more movies and less movies because mm-hmm. as you move back further mm-hmm. from the sixties all the way through to the eighties, much fewer movies. I mean, most studios like MGM may have only had twelve movies in that year that and they here's- released. And also what's happening in the country is important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because moving forward, it's going to be interesting. Like, let's say that, you know, there's there's this kind of general theory Mm -hmm. of, you know, what movies you like based on you more or less being a a, being, you know, going through puberty as these movies are happening. Right. What's going to happen to the kids that were hitting puberty during the writer's strike? Mm-hmm. Where there were less movies and less good movies, right? You know, are they all just going to have terrible taste, or yes, <laughs> or are they going to identify closely with more closely with movies that came before and after? True. No, they're going to have terrible taste. Oh, Matthew, saying things like that just makes you sound old. Well, also, and it should. Also, but, this whole conversation. This whole conversation well, makes us feel but old. Let's, I'm just let's you know, look at bringing it this to way. some things and ideas. I mean, if we're talking no, about no, things yeah. that that make us, and that form us, that cause us as a group to do things, we make might us need old. to look into it. Uh, we might need to look into you it are. and see what is what is that thing. Because I think if we can look at this stuff and we can identify why we feel this way, 95, 85, 89, whatever it may be, right? you know, then we can maybe start to see, well, does that define us? Does that make us who we are? Or how can we use that? to well, better define who we are going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, Everything I, that we have ever experienced is what makes us who we are. But it's important to look at this from, even if we just look at your initial thesis, the main difference, and I think probably the main thing that forces us to, to look at this on a broader perspective, is you and I are virtually exactly the same age. You and I grew up in virtually the same sort of, you know, how many just areas? Out of, just out of curiosity about that, Matthew, do you remember you grew up in Beloit? Correct. What What's the population about, there? About five thousand people. And what's the cl- uh, closest like metropolis areas? Probably the closest thing to it is Salina, which is a forty-five minute drive. And anything else, or is it just Beloit? Mm, no, not really. Because I grew up in a town of eight hundred. I had uh-huh. a class of forty people. A little nice. less than 40 people in 33 when I graduated, but I graduated from Lincoln High. Um, I had access to Topeka, Lawrence, and Kansas City growing up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, it's so kind yeah, of the I mean, same. We, we did. I mean, we do have some kind of the similar. We would drive 45 minutes sometimes to go to McDonald's. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a similar upbringing. And I think that, you know, from the sound of things, I was, I was actually raised by my grandparents, both of whom were educators. And my family is remarkably overeducated. We have a lot of, you know, a lot of doctorates and a lot of degrees and a lot of, you know, people going to college for long periods of time. I've always said that I wanted to be the first person in my family to not go to college. <laughs> you know, it, it's a very similar upbringing. And I think, you know, genetically speaking, there were some differences in that you were, you know, the whipcord thin kid who ran track. And I was the, you know, the band nerd who played tuba. But even that, you know, from that, from that perspective, if it was all about when you were born, we were both born in 1970. Right. We were both 15 at roughly the same time. You were a few months older than me, but, you know, I was probably physically taller than you most of your life. So I don't know if that offsets it. If you're older and I'm, you know, fatter, I don't know. But, you know, I think we have to look at more than just age and more than just a a particular time frame, that particular year of 85. You know, as with all discussions we seem to have, we've gone into a weird area, but I think that again, you know, it, we are we are created by our influences, and when our influences came from are probably as important as where our influences came from. I don't. I didn't watch a lot of movies. I still don't. And when I did go to the movies, it was usually an event movie. I went to see Star Wars. Right. You know, I went to see Empire Strikes Back. I went mm-hmm. to see big movies where you had to see them. I went to see Ghostbusters because Ghostbusters was like. Everybody was going, hey, it's Ghostbusters. You have to go see Ghostbusters. So I'm like, oh, okay. But for the longest time, my, you know, my favorite movie ever was the Monkees movie from 1968. It's called Head. Right. It's this, you know, this psychotic, bizarre film to the point where I, I might possibly have, have a copy of it that I shouldn't have for various and sundry, uh, inex- inexplicable and probably illegal reasons. But, Again, those same time frames, those great movies that you're talking about that year, 85, The Real Genius, you know, the the uh, weird science, the, spies, the Breakfast Club, the Fletches of the world. Those formed the pop culture, mm-hmm. which helped to form the culture. I mean, you know, John Bender jokes now make me feel old. I made a John Bender joke the other day and somebody was like, did you just quote the, the breakfast club out of nowhere? And I'm like, shut your face. And this is from a 28 year old father of four, you know, making me feel really particularly old as we turn 40 this year. But that's again, a little bit off topic. I think the initial I, I, point I have that decided I that I'm not turning 40 this year. Oh, okay. Really? I'm We're going to start celebrating anniversaries of your 39th birthday. Anniversaries of my 30th birthday, my 35th birthday, maybe. There you go. This will be your 10th uh, to anniversary. To be honest, I do not, I do not feel that that way when it there's, comes to age. There's nothing that age doesn't mean anything. I know, exactly. but people are like, you got to act this way. You got to. I'm like, no. Physically, my body and uh-huh. mentally, my body feels set at 30 years of age. That's well, yeah. it. I don't. I, tell I, look at, I look at people that I graduated high school with, and I see pictures of them on Facebook. I'm like, you people are fucking old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I look at myself, and I'm like, eh, I look like I did when I was when I was 30. Hey, I got classmates that I'm like, wow, this person hasn't aged well in the past 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 So, 
When I, uh, when I was know, in I, my I, mid-30s, I was probably 36, 38. Um, so it was a few years ago. I was married, had a very young baby. And really? somebody came to me one day and they're like, <laughs> they're like, how old are you? And I started to say 27. Uh-huh. And I can tell you that it was a very confusing moment for me. Because it, it, it occurred to me, you know, as I'm going through this, the, 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 the thought process is, I'm 27. Wait, I know I'm not 27. But if I'm not 27, I have no idea how old I am. Right. You ever have that moment where you're just like, mm-hmm. uh, wait, no, I'm 36. I'm pretty, it, sure, it, it's, I'm pretty sure I was 23 for three years. Yeah. <laughs> the year that I was 33, I started saying I was 33 about six months before my 33rd birthday because it was fun to say 33. Mm. And most of the year after it, I kept thinking I was 33 because I'd been 33 for so long, uh-huh. for like 18 months, that I decided to say 33 for a while. Because, you know, that was that was how old Belushi was when he died. So, you know, it, I think that, yeah, age is a factor of it, but only in... You know, it, 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 let's say this. If you take a chicken, you got two chickens. Oh, you got a chicken in your good. left hand and a chicken in your right hand. Are you ready? Right. Which one's and the control chicken? Two, no, there, but there, there, there is no control chicken. Ah. This chicken is out of control. And you have two pots on your, on your, your, uh, stove. And they are identical pots. There's nothing different about the pots, nothing different about the chicken. But in one pot, you have standard brine. The salty brine that you would use if you're going to fry a chicken, right? And in the other pot, you have spicy buffalo sauce. And you take those two chickens and you stick them in the pot and you simmer them in those two, those two pots. They're the exact same chicken, but they come out tasting differently because of what they were immersed in. And I think that you were immersed in 1985 and you, you know, you have that, that fried chicken kind of taste to you. And I was immersed in 1989. So I'm maybe a buffalo chicken. And Rodrigo was, you know, dipped in 1989. So he's like Chick fil A with, uh, ranch dressing. You know, I was, it's, I was totally going to say just a, a straight boil with ranch dressing. <laughs> I was totally going to say that. Well, you, you know, don't. and I, I brought this whole question up just because it's, it's a, it's something that we need to think about. As I was saying, it's something that defines us. It's something that is worth examining and talking about because I think mm-hmm. it then kind of helps us not only look at ourselves, but how we look at each other. Yeah. Right. So I look at Rodrigo and now. Everything is so much more clear. Well, or sure. I think and, about Matthew, and I'm like, "Yep, you're right. You are spot on in how you identify yourself." And it, to me, you know, I I have friends, and and by this, I don't actually even mean you guys. What um, you have friends outside of us? I am insulted. Uh, <laughs> how um, dare you? And, and just wait, I have friends <laughs> that I just on a regular basis yell at uh-huh. because they keep buying comics that they don't like. Right, right, right. And it's I think it's partially because they don't know what they like mm-hmm. you know they're just like oh but i love oh pff, i don't know we'll just there's batman what everybody loves batman but i love batman yeah but you just keep calling me at 3 a.m complaining about this batman book first off stop it i have a job it's not me, second it? i'm not the one no calling. when you call me it's I, don't, I don't hear anybody <laughs> because you just butt dialed me 7 a.m i got in the car the other day what oh crap but yep. i hang up Exactly. Anyway. Um, Yelling at friends. That's right. Because I think that 
they think that they know what they like, but they don't know what they like. It's important. I, I, I'm serious to all you spoilerites. Go through and find out what your movie year is. Write it in the comments. It'll be awesome. It'll be you, you will figure. Right. It'll help you figure out what you like. And it will help you figure out why you like what you like. And and be specific. I mean, don't give me a list of, don't put the list of movies. Right. Go in and say, my year is 1985. And I did this because I found 35 movies out of that year that have meaning to me, that are important to me. And looking on either side, I found 20 or I found this many. Right. In 1985, here are a sampling Right. Of my favorite movies. Here's, what I, think, to go, here's we, what I think they have in common. Right. You know, that kind right. of thing. Well, you know what? If you want to say that, Rodrigo, I can tell you very quickly looking at a lot of these is that a lot of these did not take place in 1985. Right. Right. I mean, here we have Back to the Future. We have Brazil. We have uh, The Color Purple. We have Legend. We have... Um, Witness, you could say more or less, is not stuck in 1985 because mm-hmm. it's taking place in the, the Amish community. Uh, we look at uh, uh, da, 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 da. Silverado. We look at uh, Life Force, which takes place in the future. We take a look at Reanimator. We take a look at Enemy Mine. Um, do, 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 uh, Re- well, Remo Williams, uh, King Solomon's Mines, My Science Project, they all have time mm. seems to be a a thing. In it. Mm. And, if, and if you look at it, <clears throat> big into time travel, time something, yep. things that have to do with time displacement. I was, I was, I was looking, it's funny, I was looking at 1998, mm-hmm. and, and this, I think this shows that I skew upward from 1999, because um, the big movies in 98, Armageddon, didn't like it. Saving Private Ryan, didn't like it. Yeah, Godzilla, kind of liked it, but in retrospect, it's pretty terrible. (laughs) Um, There's something about Mary, hated it. Right. Schmucks. Yeah. A Bug's Life, not the best out there. What? Deep Impact, Well, but and it's Seven Samurai. Right, right, right. Um, Deep Impact, again, I said I didn't like Armageddon. Yeah. Um, Mulan, eh. Yeah. Dr. Doolittle, eh. Yeah. Shakespeare in Love, okay. And Lethal Weapon 4. Which you know <laughs> is that the one with Chris Rock? That is that is the one that kind of uh, skewed the trilogy. Yes, okay. that's All the right. one with uh, Jet Li and Chris Rock. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, you're right. That year sucked for movies. I, and you know, I bet there's people who are gonna be like, "What? What? What? <laughs> I love Deep Impact. I based my entire existence about around a bug's life and Shakespeare in Love. Right, right. Well, you know, and, and you know. Maybe that's that's what that is, but no, I mean, 1998 just does pretty much nothing for me, and I'm sure if I look through the the extended list, I'll find movies right, that right, I did right, like. Right, but you know, it's it's 19, it's like 1999 to 2001 is like the golden era of the film golden for era me. Of, okay, do you also find that you're able to quote from those movies? I'm terrible at quotes to oh, begin okay. with. Okay, and and I always remember the wrong quotes that nobody else does um from movies no one expects the german inquisition well it's not just that i get the quotes (laughs) wrong which i do i usually just kind of you know i'm like mother of jesus (laughs) wait (laughs) (laughs) um uh yes yeah so who wants a beard ride yeah Listeners, do that. Do, do what Rodrigo's telling you. Do what Rodrigo's telling you. Go in and do that in the comment section. That's what I want. That's what, this is our data. These are our plotting points. Exactly. 
So, you know, I, obviously, do tell us as much as you're comfortable, mm-hmm. but not too much, <laughs> I guess. Uh, if you're very comfortable, then maybe scale it back. But, you know, throw in how old you are or how old you were right. at this point. Yeah, just say, yeah, um, need an know. age, need a year, need yep. how many movies, Why? if that really was your number one year. Yep. And you may have to, you may have to do some research. Look, look five years on either side of that and see Here, if there's a bigger peak or not. Here's the thing. I didn't realize this until Steven threw this at us. But this is fun. Is it? Yeah. I going... thought this was gonna be I thought this was gonna be so quick of Steven, you're you're crazy moving on. No. Are you kidding? You're like, hey guys, what movies you like? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean it brings into a discussion. I mean we we, we done... sit here and talk for hours about comics we don't even like that much. That's true. Why are we reading them? Exactly. Because I don't know anything God, else. What's wrong Matthew, with stop calling me at 3 a.m. <laughs> I, don't I don't even know that. your number. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. I don't like I that, send you but... Facebook messages and they're like, dude, why is God punching out Hitler in this comic book? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you guys want to uh, to discuss? I don't, let's see, where are we at here? Do, 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 do. We're like We've 16 hours, man. Six, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we are at uh, just over an hour. Okay. So, anything else? Anything else? you think we should end it there? UHF mm. is one of the greatest movies of all time. <sighs> and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because UHF, much like I will tell you that uh, Pootie Tang is the perfect superhero movie from the perspective of craft and construction. UHF is the ultimate perfect comedy experience in that it takes a character and it puts him in a situation where all of these wacky flashbacks and silly thingies make sense. So by that sense, have you seen Be Kind Rewind? I have, and I loved it. It's got Jack Black and Most Deaf. Does it equate to as good as UHF? Well, no. Jack Black and Most Deaf together are equal to <laughs> to one 50, Weird Al. <laughs> 54% of George Carlin. No, no, to get Weird Al, you'd have to throw Dane Cook in there. <laughs> Bring it down a little bit. You have to you have to water <laughs> have to, it, you have to water it down with some Dane Cook. <laughs> yep. Um I actually you know what? I like... loved him in uh, Employee of the Month. Thank you. That's only because like it had Jessica Simpson. It's, it's only because it had Jessica Simpson in it. Again, most like watching Most Deaf and Jack Black was incredibly Interesting. Like, yeah, it was it was fun right. to see them interact. Right. But the movie itself, I thought, wasn't that great. Like so, it was. It just turned out to be kind of like a, eh, and the Mighty Ducks win at the end kind of thing. <laughs> so another question, then, very quickly. Um, growing up, and Matthew and I grew up again in the same time period. So listeners, you have to take that into account. The Bronze Age. This the Bronze Age when we were bronzed, uh, just like our <laughs> shoes. Um, you grew up in a time when we watched. Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny. Now, granted, we didn't watch the racist Bugs Bunny or the racist Tom and Jerry. Right. I mean, there were some bits in there that were still probably a little yeah. not appropriate, but we got to see the violence, right? right? I grew up watching Little Rascals, the black and white Fleischer. I would uh, see the violence inherited in the system. The, the Three Stooges, right? And, you know, the un- unedited Three Stooges. And I've I think never that noticed are- that we're like the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you're like Mo. Curly shuffle here in a moment. <laughs> you're like Mo. You're you're vaguely abusive with a haircut. <laughs> Knock it off, knucklehead. No, but I'm I'm and curious because Rodrigo is is Larry. <laughs> Start playing that violin, boy. But I'm curious because 
I think Stooges and Rascals and, you know, the unedited, funny-ass 1950s and 60s Bugs Bunny, uh, Tom and Jerry stuff is very gr- – I mean, I think that is – if you want to see what comedy is, that's great. You watch yeah. some of the – It's slapstick. Yes. You watch some of the cartoons today of Bugs mm-hmm. Bunny and it's like – that's, oh that's, God, no. that's not like, funny at all. Modern box like Bugs Bunny stuff and 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 Disney stuff. I'm wondering is just ugh. would it be beneficial? Because I was watching this stuff when I was two and three and what? Mm-hmm. Would it be beneficial to track down the unedited stuff and start showing it to my kid? Or would I have parents groups going? You really shouldn't do that because you well, know and these kinds of things promote you, violence you, upon kids. Hey, look, my kid is wrestling at school and he doesn't even watch WWE. Yeah, you you do run into the problem of turning him into the kid from Blast from the Past. <laughs> um, yeah. I was the kid from Blast which, from the Past, <laughs> which which came out in 1999. Um, <laughs> a very cute movie, you know. Yeah, no, it was it was a good movie, and it's but it's really. Like it's it's kind of a problem. You do right. run into the problem of turning your kid into a man out of time. Right, right. But um, I mean, I think he would have. Did you watch Three Stooges, Tom and Jerry, all that stuff when you were growing up? I watched Tom and Jerry. I honestly never watched. I've never really sat down to watch the Three Stooges. It wasn't available. It, like the yeah. old, like the old stuff that they showed on Sundays was like Get Smart, right, and Gilligan's Island and right, stuff like right, that, right, right? For me, so that's that's about as really as far back as I go. Okay. Um, okay. I'm just wondering if if uh, I don't know if you'd actually appreciate looking it up because I like show of shows. That was fantastic. I don't know if you'd appreciate Three Stooges today at your age, but you know, there's something about being I two to two to twelve, fifteen years old. Very and recently, seeing a, seeing a guy get a, a, a saw shaved across his head. And yeah. going, nang, nang, nang. Very. Know, there's something about that. That's very recently. I was I was home for the holidays with my parents and just stumbled across an old Donald Duck cartoon. In which he's like basically uh, fighting with Chip and Dale, mm-hmm. and I was laughing. And my mom walked into the room, she's like, "What are you watching?" And I'm like, "It's Donald Duck, and he can't catch the chipmunks." <laughs> yes. You know, and like I was amazed at how funny I thought it was. I think you get somewhat desensitized to cartoon violence right, and right, stuff right, like right. that, but if it's if it's well done slapstick, it's still funny, right? Right. Okay. All right. Matthew, do you expose your kid to slapstick? Oh hell yeah, we love Tom and Jerry. But you you have but do you to be watch, careful. But do you watch that Tom and Jerry that's like, oh gee, where they Tom, talk? You really no, shouldn't be absolutely hurting each not. other because that's we, wrong. She and saw Tom and Jerry the caps. Yes. And she was she saw Tom Jerry the movie and she was like, it's stupid, Daddy. They talked and they weren't funny at all. Yeah. Yep. But we're to the point where she can tell me the difference. Between a Chuck Jones directed episode of Tom and Jerry and yes. one of the ones from the fifties that were done in Czechoslovakia. Yes. Oh, I because, hate those. Oh, I love those. Those are so the bizarre ones, and epic. Oh man, part. the Chuck Jones stuff is just so much one of the Chuck the, Jones Daffy Duck stuff is the awesome. Chuck Jones though stuff is so Chuck Jones. Right. Yep. Where I'm like, isn't that the Grinch? Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's the thing about that Chuck's work. That's it. how she started recognizing it. She's like, why does Tom look like the Grinch? And we had to talk about Chuck Jones. But they had the one, one of the Czech ones. It's uh, the Tom and Jerry Guide to Making Cartoons. Mm-hmm. The Tom and Jerry Cartoon Kit, where you get a box that has one cartoon cat, one cartoon mouse, various implements of destruction, coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> the, co- the coffee and cigarettes are for the animators. Yeah. And then they go through this whole thing where Tom and Jerry 
you know, they fight and then things come out of the box and Jerry finds a book of judo and Tom finds a barbell. And it's just this bizarre, ridiculous thing that is is so over the top. And I love it to death. I remember this from when I was a kid. And she's like, that's funny because he got hit with a barbell on the face. I'm like, yes, but it's not funny when it happens in real life. Well, yes, I think, uh, yeah, that. But, you know, I didn't. Well, yeah, and I you guys knew to, that. I didn't have to like, be told. We all knew that. I didn't I have knew to be told as a kid that it hurt if you hit somebody in the face with a with a frying yeah, pan. Yeah, I mean, putting it putting it in, in, in my context, I knew that, you know, stabbing people with the sort of omens would probably not turn out so well. <laughs> but I still thought it was awesome when Lionel didn't do it. Right. Because, really, the Thundercats never really stabbed anybody. <laughs> Although yeah. shooting lasers from your shoulders would have been awesome. <laughs> I was just I was just curious if 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 we've become too PC nonviolent society that we've taken all the fun out of some cartoons. It's it's just shifted from violence to gross out humor, and that makes me sad. Well, yeah, I you can look see at, that on some at, of the Nickelodeon at, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you look at all the Nickelodeon stuff and right now, and, and the Cartoon Network stuff right now, yeah. and it is just like this personality-less, Ren and Stimpy, yes. awful. Yes, SpongeBob SquarePants. Like O-F-F-A-L. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what are the shows that your daughter likes watching right now, Matthew? Um, she's actually found a great love of Hannah Montana. Oh, really? Which is kind of making me crazy. She still loves Tom and Jerry. She loves uh, Phineas and Ferb. Yes. There's some weird cartoon thing that I don't know what it's all about, but she has decided that princesses are, are too young for her. Hmm. And Dora the Explorer is for babies. Dora yeah. the Explorer, by the way, is uh, invented by uh, Ted Kennedy before he died. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> like that. But um, mostly she's like enjoying things like iCarly and, you know, 12 and 13 year old things. Okay. Where you're yeah. just kind of like, you're yeah, my son is into the Phineas and Ferb, Ben 10. Still watches Caillou occasionally because he likes the one where the lights go out during the winter storm. Mm-hmm. He likes that mm-hmm. one, so we'll watch that. Um, but really, those are his his three go-to, or really his two go-to shows. Handy Manny, because yeah. it's got tools, and he can speak the foreign language. So yeah, that's about it. Handy so. Manny is fun. His real name is Manuel Labor. Yes, I think we've done that joke before. <laughs> All right, everybody, head over to the majorspoilers.com website, and in the comment section, do this do this little bit of uh, data, you've data got, collecting. You've got us. homework, spoilerites. Yeah, if you've made it this far, and we thank you that you have, um, do some homework. Uh, you know, go and, go and uh, share some stuff. And we will be back on Tuesday to talk uh, uh, a time travel X-Men story. That's right. And so maybe I will really like that? Maybe. All right, we should It's see. actually not a time travel story. It it is it is similarly a, formative to how uh, year one was to Batman. Yeah. I think I think we're yep. still still dealing with Days of Future Past in the X Men. All right, cool. And All right, we everybody. always will. We yeah. will be talking about that next week on the show or on Tuesday on the show. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you real soon. Run, Lola, run! <laughs> If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. 
You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast Copyright 2010